What I'm about to say has been pulled mostly from announcements recently made on my social media platforms with slight modifications and additions. It has become rather obvious to me from various events in my life that it's time to make public what my family and many friends knew already in private. The past year has solidified many things in my life and has also shown me that many things which I thought were solid were not. For the past two years, I've been on a somewhat of a roller coaster with God and faith and religion. And that trajectory, while having some upswings, has been generally downward and away from any religious faith or commitment. My reasons for this are presently my own, though I will touch on some here. And I know speculations and accusations will come, though I think most will be loving, albeit disappointed. Yet I'm reminded of the sayings, to thine own self be true, and to go against conscience is neither right nor safe, and all that jazz. However, about a year ago, I was given some sage advice to not blow up the ship unless I was certain I had to. I'm at that point, and others have noticed the dichotomy and have started asking questions about it, which indicated to me that it's probably time to go public. I normally wouldn't, but since many of you have found your way into my life via my public appearances, or only know me through that, I thought it only fair. And for those who have not noticed the shift, I apologize in advance if this comes as a shock, especially to some of you with whom I'm close to and have not shared this with already. I thought it important to add this to the YouTube and podcast uh, channels and, and feeds as well, since many watch or listen, but don't follow me on social media. So with that, I'm announcing at this time that I no longer feel comfortable identifying as a Christian, at least not in the intrinsic evangelical or religious sense. Philosophical theist, sure, possibly even theistic humanist of the Renaissance variety, even a theologically conservative reformed philosophical theist at that, as confounding as that may sound to many who are in the know and reformed or even just systematic theology. Beyond this, I do not have all the answers, or most. All I can do is put a sign on the steeple which reads church closed and a sign on me that reads work in progress or closed for renovation. I fought for a long time against the growing tide of doubts and reservations and honestly apathy and discontent, but found at the end of the day that the more I fought, the more acute they became, like an existential Chinese finger trap for which the more I struggled to free myself from, the worse it became. For those who may be bold or crass or just curious, I'll address some of the concerns. No, this is not due to some deep unrepented of sin or addiction. No, my Calvinism or determinism didn't drive me to it in some fatalistic dash. In fact, they kept me motivated and seeking God and committed to a sanctified effort far longer than I would have had I not held those views. And by the way, I'm still a compatibilist. <clears throat> and no, I'm definitely not an atheist. No, I don't hate the Bible. I th don't think religion poisons everything or any of that nonsense. I lost my faith, not my brain. I still find Christianity and the Bible to be beautiful, meaningful to the human experience, and some significant sense true. But I just cannot remain tethered to the mast and pretend that I can, want to, or will order my life by the narrow precepts, though its general equity is admirable. So what's next? I have no clue, and that uncertainty which used to terrify the control freak in me is actually part of what led to the change. I have no idea what's next. I studied this for decades, and honestly, I still love the discussions and the grand thoughts and the debates and significant explorations. So do I walk away from it all? Do I close up shop on the podcast and YouTube, debates and blogs, research and writing? How do I continue in good conscience without it becoming purely academic? 
Or maybe it does become that. Or maybe it becomes one non-religious person seeking the truth and beauty and significance in something he no longer affirms. Many have gone that route before me. Again, I have no idea. What are my beliefs on this or that now? It depends. On some things, I'm sure, and I've worked out some of it. On others, I'm still reconstructing and working through the issues. On others, I have no clue yet. I'm still thinking it through and much will likely fade or change colors in the wash as I work out consistency again. For now, I'm walking in love and honesty and pursuit of truth and just enjoying the grand thing we call life with family and friends and those with whom I hold near and dear. Now, some of you have asked me a lot of follow-up questions. Again, this has been on social media for about a week now. I'm not looking to answer all of everyone's questions, and in some cases, I do not have all the answers, as I've said. However, many are asking the same questions, and there seems to be a bit of water cooler effect happening. First, I appreciate so much of the kindness, love, and support from many, even people I've never spoken to, who knew me from the content I put out. I even appreciate the attempts to re-evangelize and call to repent. I know it all comes from a good place in people's hearts, and I do not think it's condescending or judgmental. I get it. However, many seem to think that I'm in a bad place now, that somehow this is a right now decision because they think that I'm currently struggling. They want to pray for me and hope I find peace in this struggle and turmoil right now. That's just inaccurate. I'm actually in a really good and healthy place, probably the most peaceful healthy, and holistically happy place I've been. I'll make my feeble attempt to explain below, but my deconversion is happening almost because my faith was of no value or help during the crisis I went through. And so as I've healed and grown, I found it to be something that did not fit me anymore, something that was not authentic to myself. Like when you've lost weight and are more healthy, but then none of your clothes fit right anymore and are actually uncomfortable to wear. So faith never came easy to me to begin with, which I guess is an important trend to know. I grew up in a non-religious home, and after becoming a Christian, the Christian subculture and some of the worldview never sat well or comfortably with or on me. It's not that I rejected it or refused to affirm it. I did affirm it. It was just always surreal, but I muddled through the best that I could. However, after my divorce, it became almost intolerable at times, but I still committed to it. Though I struggled with my faith in God's love and forgiveness and what mercy and grace meant during that time, I almost went Pascalian. And even though I didn't feel anything, I doubled down and prayed more, read the Bible daily, went to church, and did all the things that one should do to rekindle their faith and trust in God, even when walking blind in a hurricane. Here, I also want to clear something up that people seem to misunderstand so far about my announcements. Not to justify or explain myself as some need to be understood. I don't have to do that. I'm honestly, I'm totally comfortable with people not getting it. But I want to bring it up because it serves as a good example where those of us who deconvert could be potentially hurt further by the church because it hears something and then it fills in the blanks with its own narrative. But it's not our narrative. I've noticed this and reflected how the story of my de deconversion that I hear and see from others, it's not my story. It's, it's kind of like the Amazon version of the book. It's sensational with high emotional punchiness, but still not true to the book. 
Many people saw me mention my divorce and think that that is the thing that did me in, as if I was mad at God for letting me get divorced in the first place. And so I'm selfish or was demanding God to gimme, gimme, gimme. This kind of psychologizing and Monday morning motivation speculation really is something that can make people like me stop wanting to talk to our church friends. My divorce wasn't the cause or even the reason for my deconversion. It was more like a catalyst, not the cause. I didn't lose my faith because I got divorced. Like, God, if you were real, I wouldn't be divorced. Now, that would be shallow and honestly a silly reason. I mention my divorce because it's an event that made me rip off a bunch of band-aids and come out of hiding to confront a lot of very sinful and shameful aspects about myself and my life. My divorce forced me to confront myself and how I handled abuse and infidelity and how I had and how being a victim of circumstance had changed me into someone I didn't recognize and I was ashamed of being. It was actually in that process of reconstruction and healing and wrestling with who I was and who I wanted to be that I lost my faith and belief. There were lots of things that actually changed my beliefs and my convictions. And I'll explain those probably as time goes on. My divorce, though, wasn't one of them. It was more like D-Day, the event that started the turning of the tide. That's why comments like those that I'm hearing they may create a swallowable narrative for some, but they just make my eyes roll. I only mentioned my divorce because it was a watershed issue that opened my eyes to just how miserable and depressed I was and that something had to change. I also went to Christian counseling and worked really hard on myself to be a man I could be proud of and who my sons can be proud of. Confident, hardworking, truthful, now almost to a fault, in touch with my emotions, and not just my emotions, my deep, unstated motivations for things, and refusing to hide or isolate or walk in the shadows to ironically always walk in the light, as it were. For the past two years, I've become that man, and I honestly am unexplainably comfortable in my own skin in ways I never had been before, and I'm passionate about life and motivated and content again. What was weird, however, was that the more I healed and became more confident and at peace with who I am, I also noticed that the ministerial promises of the Bible seemed further and further from reality for me. That tension bothered me. A very strong cognitive dissonance set in. I begged and cried and asked God to, get, to, to make me more like Jesus, to love him more, to know him more, to have the Spirit convict me, etc., but the more I did that, the less faith I had because it started to feel that those are things that I shouldn't have to beg God for. Like a child shouldn't have to beg their parents for love or care. They should not have to beg for a loaf of bread instead of a rock, a fish instead of a poisonous serpent. My faith was diminished Though, uh, my uh, sorry, my fate diminished though that until finally about seven months ago, I quite consciously had none left. And again, let me be clear. I wasn't asking God for some miracle or private revelation. I didn't think that I was working and striving and so I deserved it. I didn't need manna in the wilderness or writing on the wall. For those who seem to think that I'm letting feelings drive actions, Ask yourself, what do you mean as a Christian when you say that God is your comfort? Is God your comfort if you're in fact 
not comforted? Is it too emotional to desire to be like Christ? There's a weird inconsistency at the core of the Christian apologetics and theology community. The longing to be tightly logical and rational and have no feelings and emotion drive anything, except when it's not. And you're told that you cannot justify things logically and you shouldn't read outside of the Bible and you should just have faith. And then it's also comfortable saying that conversion is by the experience of the Holy Spirit. And we have, we have confidence by this experience of the inner witness to our, our hearts by the Spirit. So it is experiential to its core. But when experience doesn't line up to reality, then you shouldn't let experience inform you. It's odd. And that became very loud in my thinking. It's like for decades, I refused to let experience in my own being play any part in the data set. But I read the Bible, read the Psalms, read Jeremiah and Lamentations. Christianity in this regard can be strangely inconsistently myopic. At the one hand, entirely experiential. And on the other time, on the other hand, you shouldn't let experience motivate you at all. Sometimes it's all about experience. Sometimes it castigates it to the outer darkness. It seemed to me that if God did not want me to did not want me near him or did not see fit to comfort me, why should I keep fighting for it? I had a painful tension between how strong my head believed the theology and what I thought the Bible affirmed and how much or rather how vanishingly little faith I had left, if any at all. And I struggled with that tension a lot. Was I lying? No. Was I struggling and finding out what I believed? Absolutely. But at the end of it all, I just stopped fighting it or even caring about it truthfully. I realized that I was not fighting for God or anything noble like that. I was striving with and even at times against God or the concept of God I had in my mind. I get the nobility of striving against sin and the devil and fighting for the kingdom and all that and never giving up. But should I have to fight for a relationship with God, especially if the promises are true that he is to be our comforter, our rock, our place of great shelter, the lover of our souls. I find myself almost saying back to God in his own words, if a child was saying that they didn't even know if I, sorry, if my child was saying that they didn't even know if I loved him and was begging for, for uh, to know me and to be near me, I wouldn't hesitate to comfort him in ways that he felt comforted. If me being fallen and broken and sinful as a father know that, how much more should you, my heavenly father? And yet that comfort never came. In fact, the more I worked and I strived to make sure I had no barriers in the way, again, I wasn't working thinking that he owed me things, but I was doing all the things that, in Pascalian ways, you're supposed to do to rekindle your faith. The more I did that, the more obvious it became that not only was comfort or Christ-likeness or sanctification or being near God, not only was not, none of that coming, but it wouldn't be coming. That silence became very stark and very loud. I would sit in church and feel like a hypocrite when we would sing of God's comfort and love and how we adored him. I kept trying and hoping to fake it till you make it and make Pascal proud. But at some point, it almost felt like the toxic relationships we hear about where someone's always demanding love and devotion, but never returns the favor. Says they love you, 
but doesn't actually show you that you can have any value to them. But that's just it, right? I would expect on the Christian message something, surely something from my heavenly father who's supposed to infinitely love and care for and protect and uphold his children. Surely God would know what would at least be noticeable to me, right? Enough to keep me from walking out. I wasn't expecting grand miracles or healing. I wasn't praying for stuff, for things, for prosperity, or even for favorable circumstances. I just wanted him, just like he promised. And God could have, just like I would for my sons. But crickets. For years, crickets. While I was reading the Bible every day, memorizing more scripture than I had in years, praying and singing hymns about how he was my comforter and sitting in church and home groups and counseling, just crickets. And so during that time, even having no faith left, what little commitment and mental fortitude for the thing called Christianity I had slowly atrophied and died. I had not only lost faith, but I had lost the will to have faith. I had lost faith in faith. And once that changed, lots quickly shifted like a collapsing of a house of cards. I felt like I was holding together a broken glass by sheer exertion of the will. And once I stopped trying to force it, it finally broke. Or rather, it was already broken. And I finally just succumbed to that fact and let the pieces fall where they would. I didn't care about being orthodox anymore which means I stopped caring about being theologically consistent to that system. Or more accurately, I no longer felt the severe need to believe something in order to be consistent with orthodoxy. Understandably, I found that those were apparently the only reasons I believed a lot of what I did. The Trinity, the deity, Jesus, inspiration, inerrancy, judgment, hell, that the creator of all the universe would want the blood of bulls and goats and even his own son and an arcane ritual of appeasement for our sin brought on by a fruit and a single act of rebellious exploration and with seemingly cosmic significance thousands of years ago, which admittedly then kind of saps the need for the resurrection also. So all of it. Like Laplace retorted to Napoleon, I just have no need of it. Once my faith was gone, I just didn't care anymore, and it all just felt away. And then there was silence again, but not deafeningly loud silence like that of God's seeming disinterest. Peaceful silence. I honestly thought I would be sad or I'd miss it. It's what I had been scared of, the quiet, but I just felt relieved, honestly. The struggle was over, like being called home from the front. It was calming and tranquil even, cathartic and possibly a little invigorating. For a lot of people, losing their faith is the thing that starts them down the road of finding themselves. And so it's understandably incredibly hard because they lose their faith and then have to go through the process. I was the opposite. I feel like I spent the last two years finding myself and healing from past trauma and being a man I truly love being. So losing my faith was the last thing to change, and it was more of a shedding off than a giving up. Some have asked me now what I do with Jesus, which I'm not sure, to be honest, in, in all the ways. And I understand why they asked the question. It's a central question. I haven't worked it all out, and honestly, I'm somewhat apathetic to do so. 
I'm going to let the chips fall where they may as I explore this worldview. Even with that, as I explore and re-examine and think about what my worldview even is and entails these days, I know that I don't believe in the Trinity, the divinity of Jesus, or the atonement, or the resurrection. The concepts don't make sense to me anymore, and I think we're largely propped up by faith and the need to be orthodox and consistent within that system. Even after my faith dropped and I felt the beliefs slipping away, I still chose to consciously affirm them. Again, Pascal's wager and viewing faith as a volitional activity and not purely a cognitive one drove that a little bit. And by the way, I, this is off the, off the cuff, I don't think that it's necessarily wrong to believe things in order to be consistent with an overall system that you think is true. So please don't take that as a negative argument. It's just that I no longer was there. Now, some of you will think that I was lying during that time. I don't think that I was, but I understand the reaction. But it's weird. For many, you think that I should stay committed and keep trusting in God by sheer will of power and going to church and praying, even though I don't believe it anymore, which is exactly what I did. But for others, having done that, I was lying. By the way, that's just another thing you Christians should probably put some thought into smoothing out that inconsistency. So, Jesus, in short, if I had to go with the classic Lewis trilemma taxonomy, I'd probably put him in the lunatic category, but not actually a lunatic, not a crazy person, because that term is far too strong and negative and almost creates a false dichotomy that you either think he was right or a crazy person or lying and he should be locked up. It's just, that I don't think he was Lord, but I also don't think he was intentionally lying. So the only category that allows for sincere and a good man and wise and maybe even gifted, but not the Lord is lunatic. In that time and place, there were many people who believed they were divine and Jesus may have been wrong about his calling and origin, but that doesn't mean, I think, that he was Looney Tunes or worthy of a padded cell or that he was just lying for power or wealth or something. He was a good man who exhorted people to good living and care for the outcasts. The significance of that to life and world history cannot be overstated. At the end, I think the closest I have is that Jesus is an enigma. He defies clean classification, and that's okay. I just don't feel the need to resolve that puzzle anymore. But to the disappointment of many of you, I no longer believe that he was the divine son of God or savior of my sins or is coming back on the clouds one day. So that's where I am right now. I don't have it all figured out or even most of the answers tied together in a neat bow. And I'm really truthfully content with that. I love my life and the people in my life. And if there is one thing I have learned through all of this is that those who love me will continue to do so, whether I'm religious or not, I used to worry what people thought and I would hide how I felt and what my struggles were, worried people would abandon me if they knew what lay within. But I found as I committed to never hiding, always being truthful and being upfront with my thoughts and my needs and fears, that my relationships with family and friends grew stronger and sweeter and more authentic. I learned I do not need to worry about losing the ones I love because love, real love, is malleable. It's resilient. It changes and grows with us as we find new ways to keep loving each other endlessly. For the, so for those who are asking and trying to reconcile it all, 
you honestly don't need to. It's my journey, truthfully, not yours. You don't need to fight for me or defend me as some of you have, although I appreciate the care and I understand, but you don't need to mourn for me. Again, I understand why some of you are. Some of you want to know what my beliefs are nowadays. And again, I'm just not sure. I'm not sure everything that I do or will believe, but it's become obvious what I don't. Though I don't entirely know what to do, as I said with Jesus, it's not going to be filtered through with the Trinity or the hypostatic union or Lord and Savior. The tools aren't going to be in the inerrant scriptures or prayer. And who knows, if the universalists and the free grace folks are right, then there's nothing to fear anyways. Though fear has never really been a strong theological motivator for me, and maybe that's the problem. I don't know. I know that open theism is still nonsense, and so is atheism. <clears throat> As I said, I still believe in God. I still see no defeater for the arguments of classical theism or even tag or the grounds of rationality, still a compatibilists. But all of that's more akin to a kind of humanistic ethical theism. I also don't think the Bible teaches, or sorry, I also think uh, that the Bible teaches what I previously believed that it taught. I just don't believe it's true anymore. But I believe the Bible teaches what the Reformer said it does. Again, I lost my faith, not my ability uh, or my mind to objectively read texts. I even still think that it's beautiful and significant and meaningful to values in society. And that's about the most I can say right now. So who knows? But likely my religion will be love and family and humanity and exploration and enjoyment of life, and which honestly seems more beautiful and open and even kind of magical to me now than it ever had before real and crunchy, and I'm looking forward to every drip and drop of it. I, excuse me, I appreciate the love and care of so many of you and know you all mean well, but many of you, again, seem to think that there's something right now in my current context that I struggle and that we can talk it through and my faith will be restored. Unfortunately, I'm on the other side of the hurricane now, and my Christian ship is already tragically lost at sea. I swam and survived, but that wreckage is now in my past. I finally appreciate Henley's words, as cliche as it may be, for deconversion stories. Some will call them autonomy or pride, and I honestly get that from their view now. But I feel the weight and majesty of them like never before. Henley wrote, It matters not how straight the gate, how charged with punishments the scroll. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. Thank you all for the years of love and support, and I hope that this does not negatively impact anyone's own journey as they explore their faith for themselves. I'm not trying to take anyone down with me by any means, nothing like that. I love you all, and for the last year, I'm finally walking comfortable and confident in my own self. This will likely be the first, the last, and therefore the only content I make in this autobiographical sense. And I look forward to getting back to making content about substantive issues, likely on some of the topics that did lead to my deconversion, but not about my deconversion itself. I hope many of you will stick around for that, but I understand if you don't. But for now, this is me. Hi, nice to meet you again. Much love. <laughs>